0: podcast is your host drizzy dre dre king whatever you want to call me just make sure you call me the host and tonight is going to be something epic as we have my brother uh my fellow classmate uh dontrell Ratliff on he is a a lot of things he wears a lot of hats he is a author of a book currently out if their walls could talk he also is a singer songwriter and he also is a black activist in a community in communities of North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Virginia, you name them. Uh, this guy is connected. So we got him on. We're going to be talking a lot of things. Um, his growth from, uh, Christianity to spirituality. We're going to talk about the health benefits of a lot of different things that he takes. He's going to give us a lot of insight on that. Um, his favorite singers, um, his favorite, um, athletes of all time and we're going to talk about social injustice and a lot of a lot of other deep details this is going to be good tonight uh so stay in and if, like always if you haven't already subscribed to the goat talk podcast on spotify apple music or anchor so you do not miss an episode let's get it five four three two one zero Oh, yes, sir. What's going on, big dog? What it do, man? Man, look, um, I'm going to tell you the truth. This is this has been one of my most anticipated um, interviews I've done. And I've talked to a lot of people. Um, I've talked to a lot of different types of people. And honestly, man, I look forward to this one the most because I feel like this is going to be the most knowledgeable one. So, before we get going, tell everybody who you are, man. Tell them exactly what you do. My name, uh, my, my good man name Dontrell Ratliff, but I go by Trail B, Trail Beasy, Trail B. Um, single songwriter, author, newly newly author, um, father of three. Yep, yeah, and I'm just uh entrepreneur in in different different avenues as well. So just uh, a okay. Entrepreneur, out like this bitch. Can't cuss okay, like no, nah, you yeah, you cuss, man. <laughs> this, this is just like right. breath of, control, any of the other shit. Like this is this is no different than regular conversation, man. So right. the main reason I wanted to get you on this podcast, man. Honestly, I get a lot of people on here, and there's certain things they they tiptoe around or we can't discuss. Um, I know mm-hmm. you. First off, let me let me tell people our history. I've been knowing Trail since uh ninth grade. Um long, long, long time. We actually were in a group together, which was the worst group probably of all time, called head of state. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we made some of the worst. It's time to admit that <laughs> music sound bad. Uh, you know, so we 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 were in a group together. We made some terrible music. Um but we always been cool. Um, over the last couple of years, uh, life just happens. Um, and that's what makes this conversation so well. Cause me and Trell honestly hadn't really talked oh, man, like talk, talk since 2017, maybe I'll say that. Um, so I see your growth. Let me let me mm-hmm. start off. Here. I see your growth. And I wanna dig right into it. I don't want to tiptoe around nothing. How do you go from because my whole life that I knew you, you went to church all the time, you right. were on the choir, um, your family was brought up in the church. Right. How, how did you get on the spiritual journey that you're on right now? Well, what's crazy? I, I just got through having this conversation with a minister a while ago because he reached out to me because he wants to uh break away. And so um what 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 it was I was working in Atlanta, and there was a, a guy that worked with me. He was a Bosnian. And he, he, he told me one day, he said, he said, man, it's like, you know, it, it's like you know a whole bunch of shit, but you don't know the truth. You don't, you don't know that you are the first. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I didn't know what he meant by that. But he said, you, you, you the true Hebrew, which is what's going on right now with Nick Cannon. It's like you the black people are the original, you know, the original Jews. Y'all the Hebrew. Y'all are the first. He said, America has been lying to you. He said, I come here thinking that America was the land of the free and it's right here. He said, but I get here. He said, and they've been lying to you guys about us and they've been lying to you about yourself. He said, but you're not uh, the minority. You are the great. And I mean, so it was him putting that into my head. And then uh, around 20, my son born 2016, around 2015, I came across Farrakhan. I thought Farrakhan was dead until he showed up on Breakfast Club and he said some stuff that, uh, you know, that ignited me. And I'm sitting there like, OK, well, I agree with this dude. Why the hell they kept telling me not listen to him? But uh, and then I found out about the vaccines. Vaccines cause autism. And my son was going to be born in 2016. So I had like four or five months of trying to figure something out to how to not fuck with the vaccine shit. And so but the Muslims, Nation of Islam, they brought, that, they brought that to me. And then when I started listening to uh, Tariq Nasheed, I was familiar with him because I used to listen to him with the player podcast, stuff like that, you know, like, when he was spitting games and stuff. And I remember him, one of the last time I listened to him, he talked about the hidden colors. He was going to put that documentary out. I come home in 20, uh, 2016 to visit my mother, and she had a DVD sitting in the house. So she had one one, two, and three. So I took those and I started listening, listening to them. I I viewed them, and all my awakening started with a Bosnian dude telling me who I was, and I've been lying to. Him. Then I watched in colors, and then by the end of the year, I ran into it was like by the end in, in twenty sixteen, my son was born. I skipped the whole next, thing, but it was like uh, I was still holding on to religion. I just turned. Jesus black, I turned God, I turned by black until the end of the year. In November, whenever I came across uh, Brother Ray Higgins, and that summed up everything for me. And then I met him at the end of the year. And he became my spiritual leader. But uh, just along that, way, everybody that everybody that I was listening to or studying up on, I met all of them. Like um, I didn't get to meet I didn't get to meet Farrakhan. That next in September 2016, because uh, my cousin Siobhan Ratliff was getting married and brother Tony Muhammad and Rizza, which uh, everybody uh, I met those two during the um, we're marked on the CDC for vaccine uh, vaccine freedom, trying to subpoena Dr. Thompson, and so I had. They granted me, or Brother Muhammad granted me, or Minister Muhammad, he granted me the opportunity to go back to the room with Farrakhan to meet the minister. But I had already promised my cousin that I was coming back to her wedding, so I didn't get to meet the minister then, which I, I regret it. But I don't regret. It. You know, it's one of the things I promised my my cousin I'd be here. But my, right. my journey started. My journey started with uh, a Bosnian and trying to protect my son. So, okay. So let me kind of integrate into my journey, which um, I don't know the last time I seen you face to face. I met up with you and I bought some products from you and I just came into town and I remember you was like telling me you were going through some things. You were trying to get a storefront at that point, And you were just saying that how you were battling some different things. You were like, you know, Drake, like me and you, the only one who, who don't like white people. right and (laughs) you know and and i said and i laughed but you know i kind of feel like you know i don't let me let me say this i don't dislike all white people but i've been conditioned not to trust white people at this point um for me what happened was you know my mother passed away in 2014 when she passed away um i was left with jesus I was left with, oh, well, you know, your mother, she's in heaven right now. So don't worry, you know. And I was like, okay, you know. And that gave me some comfort for like a week or two. My mother died at 47. So, you know, me, I was like, my mom in heaven? You know, I I was the only child. And I'm thinking, well, she's in a better place, blah, 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 But then I really just start reading the Bible, like really, really reading it. And when I just kept coming to Jesus will return And he will raise everybody from the dead. And you will either go to heaven or hell. I'm like, what? So (laughs) Jesus ain't, to my knowledge, he hasn't returned. So where's my mother at? So honestly, and Trill, you don't even know this. It was like four in the morning. I was sitting on the couch in my grandmother's house. I moved back home my grandmother. My life was in shambles and I moved back home with my grandmother I was sitting on the couch four in the morning and I was going through Facebook and it's like 2016 maybe right. and I came to your page and I just started seeing different posts that you were making Ray Hagen was some of the, the links that you were dropping and that night right then I started doing my own research mm-hmm. and that's when I started saying like you know what this shit ain't this ain't what they this ain't really what's going on so you know i i kind of just at that point i didn't believe in anything honestly i was just um i noticed somebody or something but what they telling me ain't true so right. for me i um i just left it all alone you know my wife she you know grew up in a um a Christian um, house. Both her parents are ministers. And mm-hmm. so when I would, used to come to her like, hey, you know, what you think about such and such? She like, well, Dre, I don't want to talk about that. But, you know, she shoot it down. And so it kind of made it difficult. You know, we you know how close man Ricardo is. So sometimes I try to throw something in there to him. And it might be like, I could tell the awkwardness in the conversation. And you really can't can't turn somebody away from what they believe you know what I'm saying you can give them information but you can't really I've never been that guy Um, and then with Preston being my you know other close Mm -hmm. friend who's very religious you know um, he would say Dre you know even if you don't believe in this you got to believe in something I'm never forgetting he used to tell me that so anyway fast forward bro I, I was going through a lot and I just really started this is when I started tapping in I I went into the bathroom one day in a hotel. I'll never forget I was struggling. And I just started praying to my mother. I was like, you know, Mom, I need help. I don't got no money. I'm stranded. My wife was pregnant, had a baby in the back seat of the car. Bro, I'm pretty much I'm I'm homeless essentially. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? I'm right. I'm at the end of the road, dog. And I never forget I left there. I went to an ATM and I put my debit card in. And I typed my pen and $400 came up. I ain't have no money. I ain't have no money. Right. I'm like, yo, mind you, I think this was on a prepaid card, dog. This wasn't even like a bank card. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yo. So I started noticing more and more that the more I went to my mother, my ancestor, mm-hmm. um, the more I was receiving blessings. So. Right. You know, it was difficult at first because, you know, where we grew up at, when we grew up in Chesterfield County, we are told that you talk, that you don't supposed to talk to the dead, especially that's what church say. Right. You know, don't talk to the dead. or oh, you leave them alone and this, that, and the third. But that's what we've been conditioned to believe. So um, I just wanted to get that out there because you honestly started my journey and you didn't even know it. Right. Um, but the question I want to ask you next is, how did your family receive you? going over into this journey. Alright. Well, uh, it's still like an unspoken thing. Like we we never discussed it. like my mother, she uh I spoken with her about certain things. But uh it's just one of them things. I'm like e i am like I remember I remember one time uh family got together with a friend to have dinner and my dad he was like well y'all uh y'all know Dontrell is on his own journey now he don't believe in what we you know what what he grew up as so we're going to respect him. He's going to respect us. So it, it's just a respect thing. Like, you know, but uh, it's one of them things, man. Um It's, be, it's best to just like when I'm with my family, I don't come over and like, hey, well, y'all know this right here ain't real. This right here ain't boom, boom. And they don't come to me saying, you know, you don't believe in Jesus, so you know you're going to go to hell. So it's one of those things where like even with the holidays and stuff, man, uh, when I come to my family, I know I'm the, I'm the, I'm not a sheep. Sheep don't need a shepherd. I'm like, you know, shepherds need a sheep. Sheep need a shepherd. I don't need no fucking shepherd. But yeah. uh when I come to my family, it's like I already know we're gonna we're gonna acknowledge Jesus. Well, they're gonna acknowledge Jesus, they're gonna acknowledge, you know. So it's best for me to just say, hey, I ain't got to say, man. I ain't gotta close my eyes. I'm like, but I'm just here. Just embrace the moment of being with the family. You know what I mean? Because the family's gonna be there. When when this when this when you pass it look, and you know all this shit go through you still got to have a relationship with the family so fussing about some fictional character with my family during a moment where we're supposed to be embracing each other and just enjoying enjoying the uh the the moment I don't want to be sitting there fussing about who I am and and what I what I know now right. versus what they believe so you know so but it's one of them like family we, we we never really discussed it at all, man. You know, so, but they, they know I ain't, like, even I I just got in a car accident uh, about two weeks ago, man. And then I got another car accident, a deer ran out in front of me. But it's like, and I was telling, I was telling my, um, I don't know if it was a car I was telling, but I was like, I wonder how my family perceives it. Cause I know the first thing I like, they were like, well, thank God. Even my mother, my mother was the first one to see, but it's like, she knew not to like. Well, you know, God, thank God, y'all thank Jesus for this. You know what I mean? She. Right. It's like one of the things where it's growing, and I was growing, now we're like, okay, don't try, don't try to acknowledge that. But what I will acknowledge, uh, my ancestor. I'm like, I never met my grand, uh, my grandfather, my great grandfather, Louis Streeter, Louis Streeter. I never met him, but I believe he's. I'm right here. I believe he's with me. I'm like, cause I tapped into something else. And I can talk to my ancestors. I believe they're with me. I believe my ancestors and my father's side with me. I'm like, so there's something that I'm still here for. Although I still, I'm like, I operate on my high frequency, I operate say on, on, a, on a low frequency. I'm well balanced. So I can be uh, an idiot one day and I can be a genius one day and day. I'm balanced. And I mean, I listen to Plies one day and I go listen to Umar Johnson or something. You know, I'm like. Right. that balance, but. The moment that I step completely out, I believe my ancestors did say, "Okay, well, fuck it, let them get, in, you know, let them die in the car, or let this right happen." I'm like, so it's like I'm still, I'm still here for a reason. So I don't think my mother, my even when I showed up at the house after the car accident, like me and my father just shook hands. So I don't think they, they're not from to sit them like, well, you know, you gotta, you know, you think guys. Like, hey, you, you, I'm a grown now, so it's like it's on you. I'm like they did their part. I'm like because. It, it, if they sit there and try to fight me for what I come to know, they're disobeying their Bible anyway. Right. By sitting there, you know, you can't don't tamper with me, you can't don't fuck with that. You know what I mean? Right. So it's what I'm so, like, so we just keep peace by not even, you know, I don't I don't bash them, they don't come at me. You know what I mean? So So my thing is this, okay, so with me, you know, I bro, I don't really talk to any of my family. Like the family that I have is the family that I've created you know, um, with my kids and my wife. That's my family. Um, and, you know, we're on a journey together. I don't, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't, my kids, I don't even talk about Jesus. They say Jesus. I said Jesus ain't real. I tell them straight up. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, right. they're, they're young. You know, my youngest child is three. You know, I'm talking three, four, and 11. You know, Braylon, me and Braylon haven't had a relationship and. I don't know how long and that's kind of that's 100% on the mother but that's a different topic I don't even want to get into but <laughs> I don't know you know I know he's being raised up in the church I knew I do know that you know um mm-hmm. and I respect that. and like I said I never try to turn anybody but as for mine I'm gonna tell them from the very beginning so they don't go through life trying to figure out who they are or where they came from you know and it was a transition from my 11 my year old you know she grew up in church we all went to church together and then for me to be like look lately jesus ain't real Mm -hmm. and it's like what you know for me my hardest thing was when when somebody first told me about like start talking to me because i didn't know how to pray that was my thing like who do i pray to now Mm -hmm. when shit start going bad like i'm used to saying god jesus this because that's your parachute Shit go wrong. That's your parachute. Yeah. So now when I'm talking, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. um, Earth, Mother Earth. You know, I'm just saying, I don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I'm trying right. to figure out what the hell going on. But then finally, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna keep it a butt with you, bro. I was locked up. I was locked up. I was incarcerated, and I was in Georgia. And mm. I was I was laying there, man. I was laying on, on my bunk. I was waiting for Chesterfield to come pick me up, and I'm laying on my bunk, and I'm like, praying and praying and praying and praying to God. At this point, I'm I'm still, you know, this is like 2015. So I'm praying and praying, mm. and praying and praying and praying to God, and I got a sheet over my head, and my mother's face came to me as clear as day, bro. Like, I don't even believe my eyes was closed, but you know when you're under the cover, it's dark anyway. But it came to me as clear as day, and it was just like, you' gonna be okay. I jump up. I'm like, what? Yo, I I'm not lying to you. An hour later, they, they mm-hmm. was calling my name to get transported back to Chesterfield, and I got out like that very next day. But my yeah. my journey, man, I I really I got it at the lowest points because I stopped mm-hmm. believing in um all of the things I was told. Now I do believe God is real. Don't get me wrong. There's a higher power. Does absolutely mm-hmm. high power, but do I believe he's the same God that was given to me in the Bible? Absolutely no, I have my own personal relationship with god i have my God I, when yeah. I talk to people, I'm like, you know well my God does this, or my God did that. you know, um, I can't speak for your God, you know, mm-hmm. I can't speak for your God, but I can speak for mine. you know, my grandmother is going to the same church for I don't know she's seventy. She's 74 years old. She's been going to the same church for probably 70 years. And mm-hmm. the church will come to her like, uh, Miss Dixon, we notice you ain't pay your tithes this week. Um right. just wondering, is, is anything wrong? So she's like, no, nothing wrong, blah, blah, blah. Like, well, you've been paying, but you ain't been paying your 10%. I'm like, what? They calling like a bill collector. <laughs> and then it goes to the point where they come to the house to pick up the money. And then <laughs> It gets worse, trail, It then it turns into my grandmother, I call her on Sunday, like, you ain't at church? No, I ain't had no money, so I ain't going. What? Wow. Like there's no admission. But I've I and I understood. Brother Derek McQueen was the first one to tell me, like, yo, if they over the age of fifty, don't even try to change. Don't try. But I yeah. tried, you know, <laughs> my grandma, you know. And I'm like, Grandma, you know, the Bible ain't real. And I'm just we going at it, and I'm like, you know what? That's... I know she got her own beliefs, and I gotta let her have that but you know church you know nowadays um to me or maybe it's always been a business for the most part yeah um, exactly so this is my next question you being um you know back in our hometown or you being in ruby right now or around that area a lot do you find it difficult to be the person you are in that racist environment i don't cause um uh... I grew up in Ruby. As you say, I grew up in Ruby, so my principal was racist. So I knew racism white at age six, man. So it's like, well, I, I grew I grew up with that. But, like I was telling my mother one day, I said, um, outside of the white people I grew up with in Ruby, I didn't fuck with the ones when, when we got to Chesterfield. I didn't fuck with them no way. If it wasn't Steven Sellers, it wasn't, you know, the white people I grew up with in Chesterfield. I, I knew Chance Kingdom because I played baseball with them, but, When I got to Chesterfield, if I dealt with white people, it was the ones I grew up with. Those are my brothers. Those are my sisters. Like, literally, I know how they're. For Stephen, that's one thing. When we had our uh, class reunion, I said, I remember when you named your brother. It's Like, I know your mom. Like, we knew each other. Right. Right. Stepping stepping to Chesterfield, there's a new white face. I don't know them, so I kept my distance. I mean, I think the only time I really had an issue with white people was whenever. That boy told you, you got little balls, big mouth. Yeah, Eric like, Rivers. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so other than that, like I never had a a confrontation with white people. There, I kept my distance. I didn't fuck with them unless they were from Ruby. I'm like, I had conversation with them, but as far as fuck with them. And now that I'm back, I come back home with the knowledge I have, and they still on phase because I'm like, uh, I'm your father. <laughs> if you if you get out of line, if you get out of line, I'll spank your ass because I was here first. Right. I'm like, you know, a white man ain't nothing but 6,000 fucking years old. So yeah, I run this bitch. I'm like, it's whatever. But it's like I keep I still keep my uh I keep my distance from him because if I told mama I said if something happened to me, it's like I really feel like if y'all if y'all get, get and start marching and praying, so I'm like, I'm gonna come and get y'all too. I'm like, I'm gonna fuck up everybody. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So, so like, I'm like, so I keep a, uh, I keep a relationship with a white folk for what they is. You know what I mean? I'm like, and I was telling my girl Lacey Jane down in Atlanta, like, she's one of the models that keep keeping contact with me. And she was one of the first ones, like, because she was the only white model I actually dealt with. And so, I remember, um, uh, in 20, one of uh, the the Hillary Clinton was running for president and shit like that. I let her know yeah. then. That around the same time I was transitioning, and by Lacey being the only white model, I had let her know we was going to a photo shoot. She was driving. I let her know. I said, "Hey, you gonna see? You gonna start seeing a, a different a different side of me?" I said, "Cause I'm looking at white people differently right now." I said, "Cause I'm finding me." And she was like, "Hey, find yourself." She was like that's what's more important. Like, don't don't worry about you know, don't worry about how I'm gonna view you, how white people gonna view you. Do you? So she accepted that not that not that I need white acceptance. It's just like we make money together. So I had to let her know because hey, I me and you making money together, I need to let you know. Like this when you whenever you start seeing stuff from me, I don't need you feeling like I'm directing towards you. I'm like, cause you working with me, we're making money together. But it's like when I come back home, I I let people know I'm like, I, outside of the Ruby kids I grew up with and uh Ty is one of them. Like, you know, Ty, Ty Brumley is one of the closest one I still got now as far as uh, white kids or, or I grew up with. But outside that, Lacey, I'm like, that's the only white people I deal with. But then when I, you know, of course when I go outside I'm like, I keep a conversation with white people, you know. It's whatever. But that don't mean you my fucking friend. Like right. John Henry Clark, Dr. John Henry Clark one of the brightest, most brilliant minds we got. That, that uh his ancestor now he let us know he had a whole fucking uh about like 30 minutes of saying hey black man in America you have no fucking friends shake their hands you know what you gotta do with them but you ain't got no fucking friends that's that's for the white man that's for the fucking a, fucking friends so we gotta right. unite with each other and so that's that's my whole thing so like I, I don't have to worry about white people in sixteen Black people be my friend today. It's like, I ain't worrying about them. I don't need them. Like, even my business. When I started my business here, I was one of the ones, I come at home, support black business, support black business. That goes on now because of the riots and shit that's been going on. Now everybody want to jump on and say, black business, by black, buy black. I love it, but I'm like, I was alone saying this shit in 2017 where black people wouldn't even fuck with me because I was segregating. I was right. like, hey, let's separate. That I, I'm cool with separation. Leave us right. the fuck alone, right? And let know. us get our money. But you got to temper with this shit. And, and by me doing that right there, I had black people that wouldn't even fuck with me because I'm okay with not being with the others if I got all y'all over here supporting me. I'm, you know, that's what it is. Right so, now, and I don't and want I to say. Got this into too. an argument at fast. Go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead, go ahead, finish, go ahead, and finish, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I got to argument at fast. Uh, Matter of fact, Janae was there. Janae Hunter, she was there, and uh, Martina was all there, and the white guys, they saw people kept coming in and buying stuff from me. I was inside Fat selling black seed oil and and soaps and shit. So they asked me a question, like, what is that? You know, so I broke it down to them, and they were like, so what made you get into this? I said, you know, uh, I saw well they asked about the black seed oil? cause black seed oil is linked to curing cancer, HIV, and a whole bunch of like hundred and one benefits, man. So they started calling the bullshit. So I'm like, I didn't give a fuck about them sitting over there drinking their drinking shit. I didn't I never I never spoke to them. But when they started talking to me, it was like, okay, I give you a conversation, we'll speak to each other intellectually. But when they call me bullshit, I'm like, okay, nah, I'll be a nigga, dog. It's like if you want a nigga, you'll get that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Right. And so uh Sitting there like the fuck, because nobody understood. Nobody understood the angle these white people came from. It's just the fact that I sat here and said, I saw something that could benefit my people. They're like, "Who are your people?" I said, "Black people." Well, like, "Oh, you're a fucking racist, homie." I said, "No, I'm prejudiced. I can't be racist <laughs> today, right? <laughs> right? It's so all I'm prejudiced. I'm like, but what's wrong with me wanting something for my people? You know?" And I said, "But uh, cause even if." the guy from bosnia that brought me into my enlightenment if he would have if i would have came across black seed oil and sour sock at the time i could have helped that man but he died of cancer and he, he i remember going to his house like week, week two before he died and he told me he said i'm tired i'm gonna go and so last text i sent him i said what are you doing for the new year he died in december he said hey, you be here he said i'm tired and i never heard from him again but they were fussing with me because I was saying, I don't need you if I got black people, dog. It's like, those are my people. I'm not worried about you or nobody else I'm worried about. Like, but you can buy this soap. It might not give you the same benefits that it gives the black person, but it's whatever. I'm like, but because healing can happen for anybody using any damn thing. But it's like, it didn't. I remember leaving, they left, and the guy told uh, Janae, he was like, he said, I like you, but you need to choose your friends better. And then a white girl that working there, she was crying like, I can't believe they did this. They, they wasn't racist. And I told her, I said, all of y'all are racist. <laughs> I'm like, it just takes for somebody to trigger you. You know what right. I mean? And it just, it just happened. I pushed the button because I was like, hey, I don't fucking need you. I got black people. So they don't like us being empowered. And that's right. when they get on the racist part. I'm Like they're not racist until you show, hey, I don't fucking need you. Right. So it's a it's a it's a power complex shit with them. Like they, they gotta be empowered. They got you know, that's how they are built. They need me and you to feel less than them so they can, you know, had the big balls in a little mouth then, you know. Right. That, that was his right. whole thing with you. That was ever whole thing. You showed them like, hey, fuck you. Okay, little balls. It's like you need your balls to be little. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the thing. And that not. That's the thing. You know. So <laughs> th- 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 this is my whole thing with it. Okay. And then, like you going back to what you said about, uh, you were you were okay with segregating? And I've been saying this. We were better off segregated. Um, Correct. We're better off with our own doctors our own businesses our own banks our own school who were better off you know and i think you know at the end i know you know all this at the very end martin luther king even started to realize that you know his Mm -hmm. last speeches when he was like you know i'm sorry i've I've misinformed y'all pretty much you know he was starting to realize that like we don't need we don't need them um Mm -hmm. we were better off segregated and I, i hate that we're not um you know I'm I'm trying to get to the point. I keep teaching, telling everybody. I say, look, man, and it's you know, Jay said this line and it always stuck to me. You know, until you own your own, you can't be free. Until you own right. your own, you can't be me. Yep. And that's just the realest shit ever. You yeah, know, um, yeah, right. You know, that, that's that's yep. it. Until you own your own, you can't be free. I don't care how much money you make a year. You work for somebody, and sure. whenever they want to, whenever they want to pull. You know, the rug under you would tell you, look, this is what time you get off. This what time mm-hmm. you go home. You know, this what time you come in. You know, you work for somebody. And I just never been cool with that. You know, right. I've been an entrepreneur now for years, honestly, bro. I've been doing this shit on my own, whether it's been, you know, through uh, real estate or whether it's been through um trying to build digital branding. I've done so many different things that I, I don't even put out. And this is another topic I'm going to get to in a minute. Um, that I don't even put out because a lot of times people will not support you if they know it's you. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? If they know it's you, they won't fuck with you. Um, right. The next thing I wanted to tap into, though, um, was I, I've seen you say that you have an issue with uh, Black Lives Matter. And Mm -hmm. I've heard, not from you, I've seen some things you posted, but I've heard through other conversations with other people that you say that your issue is it was actually like a gay and lesbian organization first and they transitioned over to this. But Mm -hmm. everything that they're doing is actually getting bill signs for the gay and lesbian community. So can you elaborate on your issue with the BLM? Yeah. So um years ago I was asked about this. I'm like cause I'm I'm affiliated with straight black pride. Uh that's brother irritated genie. So that's that's a brother to me now. Um so they teach the survival of the black family. And something that destroys the black family is homosexuality because you can't sit there, uh a man can't go fuck another man and create a child. A woman can't go create a child with another woman. So that black life doesn't come out of that shit, so how can it fucking matter to you? You can't create it. You need... They need you and your wife to create a child. They need me and my girlfriends or whatever I'm (laughs) a half, I'm not married. They need us to create children so they can uh, adopt. Right. Okay? So... But my thing with black lives, man, I'm like, because like I said at the beginning, it was for four lesbian women. It started off as Black Lesbians Matter. We already had a BLM. It was called Black Liberation Matters. But then you got Black Lesbians Matter. Black Black Liberation uh is is fighting to recover with the B L M now because they was first. But Black Lesbians Matter, whenever the Trayvon and the uh, and the uh, what's my bro- what's the guy named that got killed? Um I can't think of his name right now. But uh, Michael Brown, whenever they, whenever they were murdered, Black Lives Matter was there. It was Black Lesbians Matter, but it became a movement because George Soros put some bread there. George Soros is one of the top uh, billionaires in the fucking world. A lot of people don't fucking know him. They, they, they're knowing him now because within the last few weeks, the exposure to Black Lesbians Matter is come, coming about. But Black Lesbians they have it stated in their, it was brought to my attention by Irritated Genie in one of the lectures. It was uh they basically adopted from the Nabula, which is the North American man uh man, boy love, so pedophilia is the head of homosexuality. So um, these lesbians, they were they were they were financed that movement. Was financed by a white man, so we don't own that movement. We don't own NWCP. I don't. I don't fuck with them either. Right. Although some some of them have, uh, good good uh good intentions, but the head you got to start with the origin. The origin is some fucking Jews and a mulatto, W. Du Bois, which was against Marcus Garvey, which had the the hugest uh the biggest to this date unification of black people. So whenever you got that infiltrating, mean, going against something that was empowering to black people, I can't fuck with you because your origins were to counter a black movement. Right. So black lives, black lesbians matter. Basically, their, their agenda is queers. They, they, they want equal rights and they want to uh, they want equal rights for queers, lesbians and transsexuals. That ain't got shit to do with me and my wife or my girlfriends and your wife no, like that is they want to estates want to disrupt the foundation or the traditional family. Right. So I see it as mockery when they got their posting because Breonna Taylor they haven't done a fucking march for a shorty yet. But every time a black man die, they they out there. You can look at it like a fucking ritual, like oh, you might be celebrating the fact that this nigga did. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Cause cause it's always subliminal message, so if you don't, if you're not for the traditional family, you, nothing in your uh, agenda says anything about making sure Dontrell or Dre get, to see, Dre get to see his son without the baby mother you know, bitching or Dontrell being able to see his children without bitching, you know what I mean? Not that that's our situation but I'm like, like I said, we also have children outside of our mm-hmm. house. And so, it's like, if you don't have an agenda to make sure that that child has a a positive relationship with that father, you're anti-black man. Right. You don't have nothing to do with me. But you love for me to die because when I die or we get killed, that means your name get a hashtag. That hashtag show up all over Facebook, all over Twitter, all over Instagram. You're getting fucking paid off me laying in the fucking street. Dead. Right, right. Why didn't you have that same why don't they have that same uh that same energy with Brianna Taylor being dead? She's a straight black woman. They're not out there raising a cane over her being dead. Right. You're absolutely right. So so it's like how can I look at you or Black Lizards Matter as pro black all the way or for man? Because like I said, you need you you, you can't create if you can't create child. And this ain't about no, no, I'm like, you know, outside of a man that swimmers ain't swimming or whatever, whatever the shit, I'm like, Nick bust that and can't, can't produce children or a woman that's barren. Except for those. If you can't create, if you can't create life, you can't say life matters. Right. <laughs> I'm like, and then soy married to a white woman. It's like, come on, bitch. Yeah. now nah, that's crazy. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. You know, um, I've been doing some research leading up to this, and I did, you know, know, find out that they were, you know, Black Lesbian Matters heading up to it. Um, and for me, it's just, it's crazy, because I think people just kind of jump onto the mantra, you know, when you see it. You know, for me, if I say Black Lives Matter, I'm just saying Black Lives Matter. That's it. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you it matters. Um, you know, I I kind of, you know, for me, there's no real organization that I really. My my biggest thing that I've been pushing is just you know, I've been wanting to see HBCUs, and I understand HBCUs are some of them are founded by um, or taken over now by white people, you know, um, and I, mm-hmm. I know that, but um, most of them were founded by black people, and my whole thing is I've been pushing for is I want to see um, our black athletes go play for black schools stop making these white colleges Mm -hmm. rich and stop putting money into their pocket. You know, I kind of feel like until we own something, you know, which is what we were just saying until we own something, um, we can't really see change. Um, I tell anybody, man, it's really not that hard to start a business, you know, um, to get a LLC or EIN number and, just try to start moving forward with something you know what I'm saying um so for me I kind of feel like that until we get to that point though we're gonna always be behind um if you can remember when we were in school like speaking of like guys like Chance King when Chance King graduated he was given like a whole farm you see what I'm saying? He was giving a whole phone. Right. You know, we right. we we graduate and we're told, I never forget, man, you were going up to um Gerard Tyre. We first got out of school. Which we we right. don't have a hundred right. acres of farmland and two cows and 20 pigs. We don't have all that shit. Like we're going to drive, mm-hmm. we're going to drive tire like every day trying to get a job, bro. And I never forget when that was in there. And they were telling me, like, yeah, the, the Hispanics that work here. They go inside and they had the most dangerous job, which was to go inside of the furnace and take the tires through. And they were like, Yeah, a couple people done died and this that and the third. I'm like, yo, it's crazy. And then you don't even got them on the payroll. And I never forget, right. I just quit. I never forget I just walked out one day. I'm like, yo, this shit ain't worth $9 an hour. You know, it's really not. But um we got to start owning stuff. And that's kind of transitioning to the next thing I want to talk to you about. So you have a book out, uh, If Their Walls Could Talk. Um, tell us about the book and what inspired the book. All right. So um, when we first got idea uh, doing the music, something like that, I knew then I'm like, I'm going to write a book. I hadn't even lived life yet. But I was like, I'm going to write a book. So I had started writing. I got like 26 pages from that original text. And I believe I stopped whenever the only scene that I could think of for us living was was in, in the parking lot of McDonald's. I don't know, I think I hollered a holiday <laughs> girl at McDonald's. I'm like, so I stopped writing. I'm like, my life stopped here. I don't know, I don't know shit else. I was gonna make up everything else. So then when I moved to uh Virginia, I remember I said, I'm gonna write this, write this book now. And by that time I had already heard uh remember, remember guy Pretty Willie. Yep. Pretty Wheeler had a song called Four Walls. Yep. And it, it was like, if these four walls could conversate, they'd tell everything that we make. And so um, I had my title already, because I had my title, and I wrote, I went and got me a notebook, and I started writing that. And I put that up. Then I moved to Atlanta. Well, I moved back here, and I think I tried to write it again, and I put that up. So I got like four books of original context that I put up. And then uh, I moved moved back to Atlanta, and um, I decided. Then I remember I was, I was telling my brother them, and I said, "Man, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna write a script because I was already writing the music. I, I had the music laid out already,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I I composed it as a as a as a free album. It's called Bobby. I don't know if you remember that. I put a, I put an album out in 2015 called Bobby. Mm-hmm. It was free album for my birthday." And so Bobby was basically uh, a, a ode to Bobby Womack. So storytelling. So I put that out as a as an album. It's on SoundClick. So I put that out. No, uh, SoundCloud. So I put that out. And then I ran into. Well, I, I came back from Puerto Rico and I met a lady from Africa. Some Africans came came to Kansas, Atlanta, and I was uh, in a, a networking event with those with those um, Africans. And it was crazy because I wore a dashika that day as well. I didn't know they were going to be there. So it's like, boom. Y'all feel at home now because I got this right here on. So everything was comfortable. And the lady was presenting. They was over here doing shows, man. Mm. Like, And the lady, she was just an author. And she had a book of poems. So I'm like, for no fucking reason at all. I'm like, if she can do it from Africa, I know goddamn well I can. Right. Like, <laughs> right. So it became one of them things. Like, I got more resources than she do. But she got a fucking book. And I got more, more resources than they do, but they over here doing shows, mm-hmm. getting paid. I'm like, they were leaving Atlanta, going to New York. They were leaving New York and go to D.C. And they were coming back to Atlanta. Then they were going to go to Florida. Then they were going back home. So I'm like, the fuck? Like, so I know there's some money involved. So I'm like, let me write my book. And I told Shorty then, I said, I'm going to write a book. So I said, I'm gonna write. I'm going to write the stuff down. I said, I'm going to give you, give it to you and let you write it. And so she's like, okay, cool. And so I started writing it as a as a scene, like, okay, the first thing I'll be right here, boom, boom. And then the more I kept writing, I ended up writing a fucking book myself. And so, but the life that I lived and the people that, that influenced me are depicted in this book. I'm like, I was able to, I was driving Uber my last six months in Atlanta, my last six months, and I would go back and forth. And I was able to talk to people as well. And so they would, you know, They'll give me stories, and I just took all this. And, like I said, the influence of my life and then my homeboy's life and uh, my music, and I conducted this book. You know what I mean? So it's based on, you know, so it's, it's not like I sat here made up a fucking book. It's like this is these true events, but curved. Right, you know what I mean? Right. But yeah, so it's like, man. It, but a lot of people read the book and they're like, "Oh man, it's a lot of sex in there." Or the girls, the girl looks like a lot of sex. But I'm like, if you read that book carefully, you'll see the growth because they always say all men are dogs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the car. So it's always all all men are dogs. And so, what I want to portray was, okay, maybe he's not a dog. Maybe he's a good guy. Me, I'm a good guy. So maybe he's a good guy, but it just so happened that the girl that he wanted to be with is already with somebody, and so she she happens to give me the number. I become a friend, and then next thing you know, it's like he do something wrong. I'm the shoulder she crawl on. We kiss. Now we're in a situation ship. Right. Right. And and so it's like, but. She got to go home to her. She got to go home to her. Her nigga. I got to go to the fucking club because I need somebody to hang out with. And I need some woman around me, now, cause I don't be alone. So then I meet her. This this next woman, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's like we we involved. Then you meet somebody else, and it's like because this person right here in the situation, this person right here they got something going on. So it's like you are sitting out here spreading yourself thin, trying to trying to find a woman, but all the women are taken. So you're sitting here. And then when you finally find that woman that you want, it's like, damn, and I got to go tell them motherfuckers they got to go home back that man. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, if their walls could talk, what would they say? Because now I got to go home and say, hey, look, um, I found somebody. Oh, you found somebody? So you think you're just going to get rid of me? I'm like, but you got to go home with your husband. You got to go home with your baby daddy. You got to go home. You can't stay here all night long with me. I need you to stay here with me. Right. Right. And so that that, that basically like showing there's another side. It ain't It ain't all about like, look, I'm going to go fuck her. I'm going to go fuck I'm going to go fuck her. Although that's what women think we do. Real not thing, thing men do, we just go hang out and play basketball all day long. We ain't out there fucking You know what? And I, but, and I say this, true and people don't believe me. I've said it to Jessica. She don't believe me, bro. We've never, when have you ever seen me out someplace and I walked up to a girl and said something to her? Never happened. Right. That's just not what we did, honestly. I can remember on mm. one hand, on t- like maybe two occasions, which you did some wild <laughs> shit, and I'm finna bring this up right now. Do you remember <laughs> do you remember we was in uh no, we was in Waysboro. We was in the Walmart in Waysboro, and this girl was walking with her boyfriend, and they were holding hands. You walked up and grabbed her other free hand <laughs> and was like, uh, hey, hey, beautiful, blah, 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 blah. And then the dude looked up, he was like, is this, this your girlfriend? He was like, yeah, he's like, oh, okay. You know, you have a beautiful girlfriend. And I was just thinking, what? Like, you knew that was his girlfriend. Um. And then another time, we was at the beach. We was at. It was like uh, senior week or bike week or something. And i never forget this girl. We pull up. This girl is like outside of Expedition Dancing. And you was just, hey, you know, what's up, blah, 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 blah. Like, you walk up to this girl. And her boyfriend's sitting right in the car. You know, so those are the only two times I ever even been with you, and honestly, even seen you say something to anybody. I've never seen Ricardo walk up to anybody, honestly, and say anything. And like we didn't been many places together. It just don't, it just don't happen. You know, I think the perception of men being like hoe hounders like that. I'm not saying there ain't some niggas out there like that because there's a lot of niggas that's that rah rah type. Um. But the circle that we, we had, um, you know, me, you, Buddha, Harold, uh, Ricardo, that was pretty much the basis of the, of the initial group, you know what I'm saying? And right, we didn't really do all that shit. Um mm-hmm. we didn't really do all that shit. You know, and honestly, and, I look and, back and, at it. And the and the shit that we did, the shit that we did, it was for the test. We we didn't we never forced the issue. Right. We was given the life that we live. You know what I mean? Right. Like we didn't <laughs> we, we didn't go out there and yeah, like you said, I forgot about that until Ricardo was telling my homeboy the other week. He was like, yeah, man, we was wit- out here and I to walk up, grab a girl's hand, and boom, boom. I'm like, yeah, I did do that, <laughs> but I forgot about it. I'm like, because we live like a long-ass life. We end up with 34 years old, but it's like we live this shit twice. Right. It seemed like it. And I say that shit like I get really bored with life right now. I'm at a different stage of life. Like, people that are our age really, man, they're really... They're at the peak of the club and at the peak of their going out and it's <laughs> right. like bro I don't know when the last time I've been out bro I don't, I'm telling you it's been a decade it's probably been a decade since <laughs> I've been out because I just you know I might be no I'm lying I did go to Onyx I think I went to Onyx for my birthday in like 2015 2015 yeah um, I went to Onyx and that was it and it was like I haven't been out since then and even when I went out then I went out with my wife in the strip club you know um so it was crazy man like i think our life and i still think man back when we would say you know we're gonna record a documentary about our life just like Mm. all our days started off at mcdonald's and then the car wash and it just it was all based in charal for the most part but it was like um i still feel like we had the most exciting life and it just never got talked about you know um Mm-hmm. Now that we're older and we got the capability of actually like, you know, recording and uploading to uh YouTube really fast and actually getting paid for it, I still feel like, you know, um that would be like one of the most interesting series in the world. Yeah, you know, but yeah. this life yeah. life had just happened to us. Um and I feel like we kind of been shortchanged a lot. You know, Harold Harold is I don't even know where he's at. Last time I, I heard from Harold, he was in like China or something. Um, yeah, he's, in, he's, in, he's back in Iraq now, man. It wasn't camel spiders and shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he hasn't been in the country in a while. Ricardo went off to the military like in, I don't know, 2008, 9. Um, He's kind of been all over the country. Uh, Buddha, last I know, Buddha was in Maryland. It's just like everybody was spread out. Mm-hmm. And shit just... and I, even... I, 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 I spoke with Buddha today about the same thing we're talking about now. And I would tell him, I said... We was talking, like, uh, he was like, Man, you know, me, you're the only ones that did this. Shit. I'm like, Yeah, I said, in a sense, like I said, because everybody else was, uh, like I said, Harold came straight out of school to the military, then me, you, and Ricardo had the music, mm. and then, uh, you got married the first time, and right. he went <laughs> to the military and shit. So, like, man, Buddha just had there. Thugging in a sense, dog, like reckless. I said everybody else has something that grounded them. I said, me and you were just out here, whatever. Like it's <laughs> like right. so I think I think the reason I was able to like run on girls that were fine as fuck while they were with that niggas is because I had it was going along with me. So it's like because of our foundation as a music group, it's like I had to live a certain lifestyle, and I'm like, Hell, if I would have saw the girl online, she would have hollered at me any damn way. So my always going to make sure, you know, this ain't your little, this ain't your sister that you're holding hands with. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, and then I had I had Buddha as a bodyguard. So I'm like, <laughs> and then my daddy was my dad was Donnie Rouse, So I'm like, you can't beat me. It was like, it was something about the people I kept around me that made that empowered me to feel like that. You know what I mean? So it was like, uh, yeah, I'm like, it, it was just a lifestyle that we live. And then you uh you, you would jump in and jump out, you know, because you, like I said, you, you already got married, settled down, family and right. shit like that the first damn time. So, it's like, that's how me and Boo were talking. They were like, me and him, we didn't have, and when we got to Virginia, it was like, I ain't had nobody telling me what time to be home. So, it was like, it could, like, if we fucking die, dog, at least we were living. And I remember upon my leaving of, of Virginia the first time, when I when I was in Virginia, I told my dad, then I said, man, it's right here, I said... If I would have died last week, no, if I would have died yesterday, I would have been happy because I live, I live a life that if I sit here and tell somebody, they ain't gonna believe us. They ain't gonna believe mm-hmm. the life that you, me, Ricardo, and Buddha live. Because, like I said, Harold wasn't there because of. He was the was gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was gone. Harold, has, Harold never smoked the fucking blunt. So, like, and I had to <laughs> on life. I said, hey man, it ain't worth it right now, dog. You know, go, go. F- Secure that check. I said whenever you walk across that shit for the last damn time, nigga, I'm like, hell, I smoke a pound which I don't smoke right. like that, but I'm gonna get high with you because you never experienced the shit. I just don't stop. You know I mean? Trail. Now let me tell you this too. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. Do you right now? I don't know if how much you if you regret this or what. We was at CIAA. Do you remember that? We was at CIAA walking out of that club. And this girl walked... I, this re- girl I regret walked, it, so, yeah. I, fucking, I fucking regret it. Yeah. So let me tell the story. So we're in CIAA, and uh, the I think it was... What was it? The Housewives? Not Housewives. It was the um, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta people were coming in, and Love and Hip Hop New York was in. It was like... They were all there. Because Love and Hip Hop Atlanta was there, and New York was there. Okay? So we walking outside... And I never forget this white chick comes up and tells you that her homegirl wants to holler at you. You you just brush off. I didn't want to talk to that bitch. Blah, blah, blah. And she was bad. It wasn't even like because I was looking for I look for one person, and that was Erica Dixon. i was looking for her. Right. Right. <laughs> he like, he he you yeah, was like, I don't want that bitch. Yeah, you was like, I don't want that bitch. Then you was like, man, let me. I said your trail. I believe I never forget. I said it's a trail. I believe that's somebody from like you know, love and hip-hop, dog. He's like, I don't care, blah, blah, But they gave you a card. They gave you her card. And you looked the bitch up online. And this bitch was on Twitter. Had so many millions of followers. And, and I think about that all the time. Like, you just... She was talking to Dragon. That was Dragon, baby mama. Yeah, Saigon, wasn't it? Was Saigon. Yeah, Saigon, Saigon, yeah. Saigon. That's it. Both of them yeah. terrible. But yeah. yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. So, do, do you remember that night vividly? I remember cause like I said, we walked outside Dallas, outside that spot. I can't remember the name of, it. but then short, like you said, the white woman, she was like, My friend wanna holler at you. And I'm like, ain't one but her? Because somebody said Erica Dixon was in there, and I love Erica Dixon. So and that's why that's for we for me and her met and started working together. So I'm like, I gotta find Erica. I gotta let her know I fucking love her. And so Shorty was bad as hell, but I'm like, I remember because I, I went to the went to the car, I believe Trash Blue was behind us. I went to right. the car, I met her. And I'm like, yeah, you ain't Erica. You know, she got out, she hugged me, she's like, oh, you're cute, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, you ain't Erica. So I got mad and <laughs> the fuck off because <laughs> my heart was with Erica Dixon B. And so I right. then uh, went up looking the shit up and she was. I, I tweeted her too, dog. I'm like, yo, I'm so fucking sorry, yo. You forgive me? Like, she remember who the fuck I was? She was like... gonna remember shit. <laughs> and you know what? You had that type of night, and me, I had to hang out with Mister Cheeks all night, <laughs> who had on a four X white tee, and I had to end up buying his food and everything, man. I'm like, what? Like, he comes like, <laughs> hey, I, I didn't even know it was Mister Cheeks. He come, hey, what's up, man? I said, what's up, man? You know? And he like, hey, man, you buy me, you buy me some wings. <laughs> I said, what? He said, like, yeah, man, I'm Mr. Cheeks, man, from the Lost Boy. I said, man, come on, man. Someone got him some food or something. Man, I, did, I had to hang out with him all night. Then Benzino, Benzino comes up to me. I ain't nobody him something So I don't know, man, that night was crazy. But then when I tried to go upstairs to take the food, they wouldn't let me go up top. It was just, man, it was horrible, man. Like, it was a good, that was a good night. But, you know, it was just, I remember not even really seeing y'all for a long time because I had to hang out with him all night long. <laughs> But uh, yeah. yeah, I remember so that shit though. Speaking musically, so music is something that's really has been like our foundation forever. Like ever since I was um man, twelve, I used to take my uncle's old raps and learn them. And then recite on myself, and then from there, I remember I just had a goal of wanting to be the best rapper in middle school. Then it went to high school, and then it went like the count. Like I wanted to be the best, but I never forget we graduated, and we was at like a event day was having for Deidre's. You remember this? Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the little dude name that you end up managing to do with the dreads? Ja, ja, yeah, Ja was performing. Ja was like nine, and he was performing, and um, that's crazy how shit go full circle, but. We sitting there and I was like, man, you know, we need to we need to do this. We need to try to start a group. And I'ma tell you honestly, Trill. Like I say, we were horrible, but we really were not horrible. I really think this production was horrible. And I feel like if pretty Ricky was not out at the time, pretty Ricky was already out. We were no. pretty Ricky. Yeah, we were the first pretty Ricky. I like to us like I said, they they were way down there in Miami doing this shit, but it was like our second year doing music that they blew up. Right. Right. And then a lot of people don't believe me when I tell them like, yo, man, we had a lot like uh that that old uh juvenile that ride out like a rodeo. oh, the horrible <laughs> song. We had that beat first. Then we had that um right. the VIP, which was Pastor Troy shit. Um what was the name of the shit Pastor Troy ended up doing on VIP? He had uh well what it was uh they got freeway has sampled that. Sampled so Pastor I man, already had his, but he's a girl. Pop that pussy, short nigga. You ain't scared in hell. Right, right, That's right, it, yeah, right. And no, I'm gonna tell you another beat though. I had like I really got shit on this. That um, that all the way turned up shit. That Travis Porter shit mm-hmm. and Roscoe Dash, bro. That shit got. I I went online and I bought this beat from one of them guys off of SoundClick. SoundClick and. Sound clip. I had it and I recorded a song where it was like, This is what the bosses do. Challenge aqua Blue. I never forget this shit. It was like one of the, my best songs on Dramaville. This shit was right. I'm like, yo, this is the one. Next time I cut on the radio. Well, no way. What, what? Yo, this is my beat, yo. And so I don't know the industry like that. So then I'm reaching out to him, like, yo, you sold this beat to Travis Port. Like, yo, you leased the beat. You yep. didn't buy the beat, so you don't own the right. I don't own none of this. So when I got it for a dollar ninety nine cent, <laughs> I didn't realize I didn't realize that I didn't own it. So I was like, "Yo, what?" So then it comes, they bought it for a dollar ninety nine cent, and I guess Roscoe Dash really, really went and bought the beat, so he owned it. But that that'd be shit like that. I don't think people like really know like how close we have been to like breaking through, and even now, like there's certain shit, like I won't even speak on. You know, I kind of feel like you know a lot of people don't understand like we were different mm-hmm. we really were different we were different and i still feel like and i, I still say it to this day yo, i take me and ricardo rapping against anybody in south carolina and that's and i'm like, no really i'm the southeast and i'm gonna tell you why the difference was when we was together he made the best hooks and I feel like lyrically I was just—I feel like nobody was fucking with me. So when we came together, mm-hmm. what we was doing was ridiculous. I honestly feel like though that first album that we did, which were, what was it—the um, presidential mixtape—that was Man, a it's still horrible though. Let me tell you By something. That, of it. Let me tell you something. This is how we got blackballed. Whenever it was called the Cardinal Point, wasn't it? No, I think was, that was—I don't remember that. That was the intro, <laughs> but. um... I'm going to tell you something right now. I know you got all that music and you need to get rid of it, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. This is when we got Black Ball Trail. Whenever Jay-Z and Dame Dash said, hey, yo, look, we getting ready to um, sign an artist through City Trends. Why would they do that? I don't know. But I took that first song we had that, this is how it goes when you're young, fly talented, and sexy. they surrounded by hoes, condoms, and lesbians. Hey, how we, long? We stay, we stay fresh. <laughs> Why did you... I don't. You had lesbians around. You went from that sex. I don't get it. Then let's not forget know, you. Right? Rape, you raped that girl. And uh, <laughs> what was that song? <laughs> Yo, what was that song? <laughs> what was the, our number one song that blew up was uh, "What a Night." That was our song, right. and yeah. we did a remix to it, and we should not have done it, but we did it. And you tell that girl, just meet me outside, and I'm gonna take you upstairs, and I'm gonna shove my cock in. I said, what? <laughs> Like, we 19. I mean, you just raped this girl. You know, we sent this stuff off to people and expected them to sign us, but that, when we sent that, that's just how it goes. That ruined our career in the industry. Good thing we changed. What was your name back then? Was it still Trail Balance? It was, a, it was celebrity. Trail, trail Balance is like uh, trail balance is like the day that 106 because you were doing bike week. Or, great, uh, it that time, Bike Week, Senior Week of two, 2005, when Trey came out with it, just gotta make it. Shit. Mm-hmm. That's how my name came about. Cause, uh, got on the strip and some girl, like, oh, you like that dude's on TV. And so, Peanut, aka Robert Jackson, was like, oh, this right here, Trail <laughs> Songs. This Trail Songs. And the girls, and then later on, somebody said Trail Lyrics. And he was like, the girl said, no, it can't be songs. It, it, it might be a ballad. That's where Trey Ballads come from. Trey Ballads come from a group of women that I was saying. Wow. Right. So, so it's... Still I'm going to... Like, 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 I'm going to see if you remember this too. So, we went to Spotlight. I know you You should remember this very vividly. Yeah, We went there for we went to Spotlight. <laughs> so let me tell the story. We go to Spotlight and there was a group of women there that we would... For like two weeks were frequent. And this one chick, you know, um, I met, you know, we talking to a Super bad girl. You know, we go back and I'm with this girl and... She comes out. She's pissed off at me. I won't dig into the whole story. <laughs> pissed <laughs> off at me, right? And she comes out and then Trill pulls this girl to the side for like an hour. Not only was she mad at me, she was mad at D2, okay? <laughs> she wasn't talking to nobody. So she, you, she, you pulled this girl to the side for like an hour. And then Trey Songz comes on TV. Like on BET or something like that night. And there was like, Trill, there you. And she was like, Oh my God. It is you. This girl really was convinced from that point on that you were Trey Songs. And I was like, bitch, so you think we've been all out in public? <laughs> no bodyguards, no security, no mob of people, and we sitting in a double-wire trailer right now? But what is you- crazy, though, she said, um, she like, said, I know I saw you from uh, somewhere before. I said, yeah, the beach passing on city.' CD. She like, yeah. She said, why you cut the hair? And the truth was right. I just cut my hair because I was dating. Uh me and her took me and her took some pictures. And mm. so uh on that part right there, me and Shorty, Shorty thought I was straight for real. And I just told her, I said, Yeah, I, I uh couldn't get my hair cut. I mean, I couldn't get my hair braided before the photo shoot. And so boom, she called her Her husband called her. So it was on the phone, getting it in while she's on the phone with her husband. So and her husband was an old white man. He was like seventy years old. I never forget that shit. it was crazy. Everybody that hung around us looked like somebody for the most part. uh Ricardo right. looked like Deion Sanders right. you look like um, you look like Trey Travis Blue looked like Nick Van Exel um uh, <laughs> Harold looked like a dopamine. Doman <laughs> Harold looked like his dog. He looks just <laughs> like his dog. um uh, it was just crazy and Buddha. I don't know what to say about Buddha at this point, you know. Buddha look like a pot of honey. And Buddha, if you wanna get on here and talk about this, we gotta talk. Cause one day I seen you in a fucking boat in the middle, a boat parked in the street. That same boat that SpongeBob got his license in. We're gonna we're gonna get Buddha on here eventually. Cause I don't know how the hell that you had a fucking boat with wheels on. So we're gonna talk about that sooner or later. But um yeah, we had some, we had some good times, man. Um like I say that's that's shit I think people don't remember and don't really, you know. I don't know. Let me let me, let me go back to because I say that Travis Blue looked like Nick Van Epsel and he do, but Ooh. Brian cano looked look like a black Nick Van Epsel too. <laughs> I don't know. They, that's a tough. That's a tough one. Yeah. But, do that. So let, let me let me let me get into this because I, I um I want to ask you about R. Kelly. You were the biggest, and I said were because I don't know where you stand at right now. Right. You were the biggest R. Kelly fan in the world. And now you and my mama, neck to neck. My mama on oh, my mama deathbed it was playing R. Kelly. I ain't even playing to you. <laughs> like that's how it was. So you being the biggest R. Kelly fan in the world, what do you think really happened and are you still a fan? Well, you know, I'll connect to uh his people. It's all no <laughs> uh, Hey man, I'm there, dog. One <laughs> um, is assistance. Me, me and her. I'm like I check in every now and then to see what's going on, and so uh, I, I kind of like whenever she finds something out, she let me know because she works along with the lawyers and stuff like that. But um, it's like this right here, man. I'm still there because with them, like I'm, I'm still I'm still there. I still support them all the way. I still say it's innocent. For a certain shit. Now, I mean, mm. I'm disgusted at the fact that he entertained 50 plus years old. I'm like, I'm not <laughs> and then it's like uh, but on the on the other side of shit, that's legal. Right. And and I was in Atlanta when he was living there. <clears throat> I remember them breaking into his home in Johns Creek. So if this is the house we holding women captive, why the fuck wasn't nobody in the house? While he's right. on, while he's on the road on tour, so it's like it's just certain stuff, man. And I, I know a whole bunch of stuff I can't disclose. But It's like nothing adds up to even to the point. I'm gonna say this right here. Uh, I watched a documentary. The first one, I ain't watch the second one because by 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 the time the second came out, other stuff like I know, testimonies from public announcement. I know about his his. Uh, Public announcement. These two, the two white sisters, um, uh, like I said, Jen, right. me and her, we keep in contact. Um, and they were actually uh, on the second documentary, right? right. They, they were right. on the second right. documentary, okay? Right. So it was stuff I knew leading up to the second documentary that keeps me saying, okay, dude, ain't this is something else? This ain't about those girls. This is about them asking for his royalty, stuff like that. But <clears throat> that within the first 10 minutes, I caught a lie from shorter that said she had got mono from the nigga, right? Mm. She like, yeah, he gave me mono. I'm like, that's a kissing disease you got, up, you got from school on the water fountain, bitch. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then she said she almost died. And she said, and when they played the clip of when she supposedly <laughs> met him, I got that same video from BET, world premiere of the ignition video. That's 2002, 2003. She said, well, when she got to the hospital, R. Kelly came to her, and he was like, uh, he apologized and so I, I wrote a song for you. And the song was You Are Not Alone. And he ended up giving it to Michael Jackson. Like, bitch, that came up in 96. <laughs> right? So it's like, that shit don't add the fuck up. It don't add up. Right? So it's right. like, but it's other stuff that nobody paid attention to that went along with that story. I'm like, in the fact that there's no police report or none of this stuff. So the man is arrested off accusations. There's no police report. None of this is going on. Right. But where did you get the money to go get a a a a, 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 a PR? How right. can a P, how can a PR get you arrested? You don't have a police report. But like I said, at the same time, I'm disgusted by his choice of women. I'm like, although he had older women there too. I'm like, everybody was a central age, seventeen. It's consensual in certain states. I don't know the state, I don't know the state law, but it's like back to the LGBT community. If you're pushing for the age of consent to be 14 or 12 because you need pedophilia, which the P stands for pedophilia on LGBTQ. They say pansexual, but that shit means pedo- that means pedophilia. So right. whenever you open up the door to say when Ob- when Obama said, okay, faggot, you can marry the other faggot. <laughs> that opened up the door for pedophilia. There's a whole fucking box of gayness, dog. Transsexual now, uh, pedophilia, pansexual, the motherfucker that don't know shit at all, we just want to go fuck a flower. Those people, I'm like, yeah, they're all there. So if you're fighting for this age to be lowered, what's the fuss about Walker? Well, That's that if, if this if the man is guilty of this. It's sickening. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you, hold on, let me say this. This, this is one thing that stood out. I want to go back. Now, the very first girl on the first documentary, she said to her and her friends were 14 Mm-hmm. And he had a fucking on a spinning bed, and the bed was spinning around the room, <laughs> kind of crazy <laughs> shit. This is what got me. Like he did some sick shit, but I'm on uh, people. They tell me you got daughters. How could you support him? I love them okay. And mm-hmm. people think that you know I'm sick for it, but I, I was man. I watched the whole documentary, and just laughed the whole time. And people are like you're so wrong, You got daughters. What if he did that with your daughter? I said, you know, you want them. They belong to the streets. You want to go? Go! And people said I was wrong, but this is my thing. This is what really get me. The one that stood out to me. I think this is the second one, and I can't even watch the second one after this. One. So this big fat woman, right? She's disgusting. Maybe two hundred fifteen pounds. Big black woman. The woman that used to braid his hair. He used to give me twenty dollars to braid his hair. Okay. So mm-hmm. he would go there and braid his hair, and he said that uh, she was sitting on a chair and. He was standing in front of her, and she didn't know what was going on. They were just talking, and they say, "No, he bust on the face right <laughs> I said what say yeah he just he just busts on the face, and totally fat black bitch go wipe the comb off your face or whatever like that, <laughs> So I'm just dying laughing, but I said, this is R. Kelly, right, why would you have to be with this?" I'm not going to call nobody names or or people that I think they look like from back home, but (laughs) it it was the equivalent. It was the equivalent of some... Do you remember that girl that we was in high school? And I'm going to tell this story because it's just me and you. We were after school and I walked to that girl and I said, what are you? What are you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she took off running. I never (laughs) seen her again. That's what it was the equivalent of or what are you? So I I said, man, I done seen a lot of them things now. Man, they're getting worse. (laughs) It's one of them that used to hang out with her. Uh I ain't gonna say a name, a white one. That and it's then turned all the way <laughs> yep. into a man. You know what I'm talking about? It's turned into a man. Yep. But um so you call a man kind in a way? Yeah, I used to call him. It, now it's now it is a man. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm like, why would R. Kelly have to dibble and that? Now do I think he did some of that sick freak shit? Yes, I think he did. Um mm-hmm. but do I think at this point it's just for uh a lot of it is just for money it is I don't want to see him just like I know Bill Cosby man come on Bill Cosby this shit 40 something years old um he doing time for something that I really them same white women after he poisoned them turn around the next day and will come over to get fucked again right so, I mean this shit just don't add up um I feel like that is a way incarceration is another way even though these are older men But just speaking in general, incarceration, just like homosexuality, is another way to stop the growth of the black community. And that's why we're locked up at a higher rate than everybody else. That's why we're given more stiffer punishments. I had a brother right now, man, who he is locked up in Florida right now, facing 50 years. And everybody who was involved in the case, they said he was selling drugs in the school zone. Mind you, he was asleep in the back of a van. Two white boys driving the front of the car. They serving people out of the car. He just sleep in the bag. They just took him to the store. Right? So they come, and of course, when the cops get there, they say, Oh, that's this such and such drugs. So since then, the white boys have been found not guilty and let loose. And this, he's been in there for over a year waiting to go to trial. And wow. Now, and the cops on the case have all been fired for being dirty police officers, but you still holding this man. Everybody else's cases got dismissed. He's facing 50 years. It's mm-hmm. shit like that that I just, I ain't, I'm gonna tell you I ain't never met a good cop. Fuck him. I'm gonna tell you the truth. Right. I ain't never met right. a good one. Um, I don't care if I know you personally or not. I'm telling you right now, fuck you. Because I feel like if you work for you can't work for an organization that you know is out here targeting us. Mm-hmm. I know people need jobs. I know people need to make every cop, I'm pretty sure ain't bad, but I ain't never met a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't say this cop name, but there's a cop in Chesterfield right now. thought he was a pretty cool cop. Um, but yeah, he, he wrote up a false warrant on me. that The situation never happened. I'm talking about he wrote up a false warrant on me <laughs> just to get me arrested. And... Um, <laughs> I'm like what? Like they they tried to they 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 really tried to hear me up. It's shit like that. Like you're a black police officer, and mm-hmm. this the type of shit you are doing. You know, people brag on having a black sheriff down there, and I say right. it means nothing. I told him from the beginning. I said, yo, look, a black sheriff is gonna mean it's gonna be worse for y'all. Because guess what? He know where people selling weed at. He know where yep. the bootleggers at. He know yep. all that illegal shit. He know all that. He in the mix. Right. So. You know, there used to be times I'll be down there when I knew I had a warrant, and i see him in Walmart or something, and he'd be like, what's going on, Mr. Dowling? What's going on? I keep it moving. He already yeah. know I got something on me. Yeah. So, I'm keeping it moving, you know. Um, and I just never trusted those guys, bro. I never trusted them. It's a job, but it's almost like they, in that area, those white cops, is all, I mean, those black cops want to be put, like, they want to be praised by the white superiors. Right. Right. They they want to be praised. They wanna be, oh, you did a good job with this. You did a good job with that. You gonna be a cop, man. Make a change. You're gonna be some of these guys are investigators. Let me mm-hmm. say that. This guy wasn't a cop, he was an investigator. So y'all put two and two together. Okay. He was an investigator. And Buddy, Buddy since then has been he he's no longer one for doing shit kind of similar to that. Mm-hmm. But I just personally just kind of feel like I can't until I see a, a black cop or a white cop really take a stand, like I'm not working here no more. Like the whole sex ring thing that pretty much is going on in Chesterfield. You know, mm. this is some sick shit that was going on. I'm not, I'm not gonna say no names, a, a lot of homosexuality. I heard a lot of stuff, <laughs> you know. You know, a lot of stuff, a lot of hot. I'm not even gonna dig into it because I don't want them at my front door, but you know, I've heard a lot of a lot of shit that's just crazy. And I kinda feel like, yo, they say Sled was looking into this, but you never heard nothing else about it. You know. Right. It's gone. Right. You know, I used to when I used to go up there and get locked up for little petty little shit, you know, it might be, oh well, you know, I have a warrant for a traffic ticket you didn't pay. And now you gotta go and you go there for a little small shit. And it might be like, <laughs> I'll go in there and meet guys who I say, how long you been here? Uh six months. I said, like Hispanics. I said, where are you, where are you from? Uh, Monroe. I, I ride through. I don't hear police. I don't hear police. I said, what is that? I don't hear police. So he tells me eventually I get it together. He's telling me he's going through town. He got his uh bad bunny or whatever. He's playing it loud. And <laughs> he don't hear the police siren. And they pull him over and say he's ev- like evading the police. And he's been locked up like, for six months and I said when when you go to court oh I don't have court date what (laughs) (laughs) and I got to speak on this too because I speak to him still frequently Um, frequently, but Brandon Ratliff um, Brandon Ratliff you know that man called 15 years for being in a relationship with a white woman that's all that was Um, you know she was in his car she refused to get out of his car he pulled off they got him for kidnapping I just, I don't wow. get it. I don't get it. And I talk to him all the time. You know, I try to, like, tell him to keep his head up. But it's difficult because he loves her. I know well, he loved her. That was his baby mama that was in a relationship. And mm. she wrote letters to the judge. She, all kind of stuff. They still hung that man. You know? I didn't know, I, I didn't know, cause that's my cousin. I didn't know he was incarcerated until, like, uh, a while back, cause I know Alicia, my sister, she was saying that she had, uh she had spoke to him. I'm like, how the hell you speak to him? She like, he texts me on uh, occasionally. I'm like, said nigga in prison yo. <laughs> like, cause when I found out, it's whenever we had, we had that conversation. She like, she didn't know. I'm like, yo, I'm like, I don't know what the hell he in there. Right, yeah, that's what happened. Cause I know one time, one time, one time he hit me up and he was like, yo, he checking on his brother Ronnie. Then he was checking on my dad. So I'm like. But that was it. It wasn't ever like, yeah, man, I'm up in this bitch, you know what I mean? Boom, boom. It was just like he just kept it like that. Right. Yeah, Brandon was a good guy. But I never, I, never looked. I mean, I actually was locked up with him. He was one of those people up there in Chesterfield, and he was there and he was very optimistic about coming home. And I thought he was going to... I mean, I thought he might have got a little... I mean, I really thought nothing was going to happen when the person is telling you it's just a misunderstanding or whatever. And they take it to this point. So, um... Peace and blessings to that brother, man. Like I really hope he come home soon. You know, um, nobody's perfect, but he was—he was a good guy, and he don't really deserve to be in that situation. Um, but transitioning over, I want to talk sports. Um, now I don't know where you stand sport-wise because me and you were—you were the only other person I knew beside me that loved LeBron James back in two thousand three, two thousand four. Um, I remember me and you being right. at Oslo's Watching LeBron beat Detroit um, To go on to his first finals I never forget it And mm-hmm. then you know when he left And he went to Miami I know right at that point That's when you was done with LeBron uh, For the most part So right. who are your favorite NBA players right now Man oh. Zion Williamson, I I, I, I want to see him Flourish I want to see him surpass LeBron. I mean, but um, what's my boy named Steph Curry and Clay Thompson? I, I love watching them boys. Um, what's the boy named Dame Dame Lillard? Yeah. yeah. I never, I never liked uh, Carmelo, right? Mm-hmm. But the Carmelo story is what I I tune into. That I want, I want to see him bounce back, right? And and then him being with being with uh Lillard, I want to see that. Right. So, uh, I I don't I don't really watch no games in that. Man. I just is uh, I watch House of Highlights. Though. Right. That's my whole game right there. Right. Cause after you know, after um, after LeBron went over there to um, to Miami, I was, I was pretty much done <laughs> for that part because I didn't want to watch him. And, I want to see him and Dwayne go against it. I didn't want to see them playing together. Right. And like, I believe I believe I said it before. I said, man, I didn't wanna I don't wanna see Iverson didn't go to join Kobe. Carl Malone ain't gonna go he ain't gonna go he ain't, gonna go, he ain't gonna go over there and get on team with them. I'm like, I wanna see straight up competition. And then now it's fucking you can't watch competition now because everybody on the same damn team. Right. Uh I have to say this, I, I absolutely hate uh Kevin Durant. You ain't me that, but I, I yeah. hate him. I, I hate him, too. I, I hate like him, like too. I hate him, too. But I want to say, I also <laughs> hate Steph Curry, and I hate Clay as well, but I hate them for different reasons. I hate Clay because Clay is a serial killer. Like, in real life, I feel like he murdered or raped somebody at least once or twice a week. He don't talk. He's just... He do, he do, he do got that look. Yeah, man. him and him and Kawhi both kill and rape people throughout the week. <laughs> um, I don't like Steph, man. <laughs> I think he's overrated. And I'm gonna tell you, he's I'm gonna tell you if Josh DeBerry would have made it to the league, God, God bless the dead, that's who he was. Josh was Steph before Steph. He would pull up from the logo. Right. And it would be like, yo, you know, I kind of felt like with Steph, when you got shooters on the court, you can't double team this dude. So who you gonna double team? You're gonna double team Durant. At that point when they had Durant, you're gonna double team Durant and leave him open. You're gonna double team Clay and leave these two up. Like, you can't double team them. That's why this year Mm -hmm. I was glad everybody got hurt. Now, bring your ass out here. Let's see what you're (laughs) finna do. And he ain't do shit. I've seen one game, he was hurt a lot of the year, but when he first came back, you know, I think he finished like 20 something. He's an exciting player, but Anybody that, that 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 LeBron battling I hate your goods. That's a straight up. I'm forever. Right. Like I hate Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is the worst athlete in the history of sports. I hate Paul Pierce. His, he don't <laughs> have no athletic bonus. He just terrible. <laughs> he just terrible, man. But you know, um, I hate him. I and I know a lot of people gonna get me for this, but I hate Kevin Garnett. I hate him because he just I seen him cussing LeBron out on Mother's Day in front of LeBron mama. Like this is I seen him do a whole bunch of stuff. Then he told uh he right. told Carmelo that his, uh, the la la pussy tastes like honey nut Cheerio. So, you know, you say all this stuff. I kind of just, <laughs> well, no, I, man, <laughs> no, man. I, I all got to respect for him, man. You know, I, I just, I love LeBron. I think LeBron, what he did was he made it. He, he had a voice that most, and I tell people this all the time too. Now, Jordan was already winning, he already was winning. And you went out and got Dennis Rodman? No, well, you're already winning. And you're going to get Dennis Rodman? I mean, bro, nobody has nothing to say. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Kareem went to the Lakers. He went to the Lakers and won with two or three championships with Magic. So I'm kind of like, yo, this shit been going on. Uh, it's just now with social media and LeBron being like, Oh, he had never won one, and he goes to Miami. And he's like, yo, the first run in Cleveland was more so like college for him because he never went to college. And then when he went to Miami, it was like, I'm in the league now. Um, And don't get me wrong. There's certain things LeBron has done I don't agree with. You know, in 2011, losing to the Mavericks, losing to J.J. Barea, who was like (laughs) Devin Davis signed. I don't get that. I don't understand why you fade away, doing a fade away jump on Devin Davis. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> go to the hoop, man. I just, certain shit I didn't understand. Um, But I think he paved the way. He transitioned. He transitioned and um, he made it cool now to be like, oh, fuck y'all. The athletes, that's what I like. The athletes are in power now. Because Sports is just modern day slavery. I mean, that's all it is. Yeah. So to say, like, yo, I'm not finna. I'm not. I'm. If I'm gonna be a slave, I'm finna go work with these slaves. I'm not finna work for y'all. And it kind of changed the, the the power structure in the NBA. But um. So with that being said, give me your top five. I, go ahead. No, go I'm ahead. Say, go ahead. I'm gonna say this right here too about uh, Garnett. I just find, I just found out the other damn day, possibly like two days ago, that uh, he dunked on. Or scored over Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan's mother just died, and he said Happy Mother's Day, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's what I'm talking about. He's the most disrespectful man. You you get he do stuff to people, man. You tell LaLa man LaLa and Carmelo going through a whole bunch of stuff that they don't know if the marriage gonna work. You pull him aside <laughs> during timeout and say, "Hey, LaLa pussy tastes like honey nut cheerio." <laughs> just walk off. Carmelo really wanted all the smoke. Like he was, he went to the bus, he went to the locker room, he was really trying to fight this man. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, bro. I, I, that shit, he said this, and he married with kids, <laughs> he didn't give a shit. you know, but saying all that, give me your top five uh athletes in general. No, switch it up because you already told me this the other day. Give me your top five NBA players of all time. Jordan Iverson. uh man. I didn't even come with Kobe fan like his last two years, dog. Me too. But, like, Me too. I remember cause it was it was an Iverson versus Kobe thing, man. Mm-hmm. But it was like when I realized like, damn, this right here the last one. He's the last one left out of the greats. You know what I mean? Right. This right here's like LeBron starts a whole nother era. Right. But he's the last one coming from the 90s, that's actually, Mm. like, competing. You know what I mean? And so I got to put him in there because that last, uh, just just seeing his heart, those last couple years he played, puts him there for Mm. me. So it's, like I said, uh, Jordan, Iris, Kobe. um, is in there. Cause these right here, I'm like, after that first three, it's it's whoever. But right. I say, uh, McGrady, um, Steve Francis was one of my dudes. I don't know what the fuck. I, I yeah. don't know what happened, dog. Yeah. But so so that that's it. I'm like, cause I wasn't a fan of um the Magic. I I never liked them uh, when I was right. watching it. I only watched who I wanted to watch. I, I only wanted to watch Jordan. I probably like the only Jordan fan for the Washington Wizards, dog. I'm like, I remember crying because mom was washing clothes at Grits, and I wanted to be at the <laughs> fucking house watching the damn game because I was able to watch it at night <laughs> on Galaxy Five, dog. Like, remember the old old yeah. like shit, you know right? Mean? So it's like, we out here at this shit. I want to be in the fucking house watching right. the Jordan play. So it's like, those are my, it's it's somebody else, man. But I don't know who the fuck it is, dog. Like, but. That, that That's shit right off impossible. Yeah. All right. So this is something I want to ask you. I'm gonna go back on this. Rap has changed a lot, and I know you probably don't like most of the people out right now. And I don't know if you've heard any of my other previous podcasts, but the only new rapper I fuck with, the only new one I fuck with is Little Baby, because I see the growth. Right. I see the growth. Like I seen when he first came out. You know, that you know my dog. Shit, that was cool. But yo, when I came home. When I came home, I was listening to this show, I was like, yo, because niggas was telling me, you don't you don't fuck with little baby? No, I don't fuck with him. I don't On Jay is the only one. You know, Jay and Fab, you know, those are the guys that molded me. But I'm like, I don't fuck with, you know, little no little baby. I can't even call a man a baby. Right. But <laughs> yo, this nigga snapping. And right. he's really grown. So I, I really like him a lot. But who are your top five rappers? I, now, we go, We're gonna go to singing next. But who's your top five rappers right now? Plies for one. And <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't care what airway it is. Plies <laughs> for one. Uh, it's still Hov. Um, I got Future now, man. Okay. I, I, I really fought with Future now. Uh, I fought with the baby for uh, what's name John Kirk. I fought with John Kirk for. Mm. Uh, for other reasons, man. Simple for the fact that I walk, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of his while he was grinding. Mm-hmm. But I was, I always heard his name cause by me having Jai, and we was up in Charlotte. I'm like we were to baby, the baby, the baby, the baby. You mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, we well, were baby Jesus then, right? Wearing the pamp on uh, stage uh, and all all the pamper and shit. I'm like, the fuck. It was, it was hilarious to me. But like I said, we, I grind when we were doing music back then. It was different. From how they do it, or not. I'm like they, they, they had to sell themselves. The only thing we had to do was go outside with, a, with, a, with a CD and stuff. You know what I mean, but mm-hmm. uh, they had, they had to put a whole bunch of different stuff together just to get attention now because the industry is so fucking different. But uh, the baby, um, it's some fucking body else, man. I was, I was, in my, I was, I was on my top three. But of course, hov, I, ain't, I'm like, that's not even mentioning him because that's, that's goat to me, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, But yeah, um, you got two more, and I'm still throw. I ain't said Ross yet, so Ross still there, and uh, Jeezy dog. But I'm not. I'm not impressed with what he's putting out. I mean, like I believe he get rid of that Chinese girl, and he's able (laughs) to. He's he's able to go back to being you know because he he's another one that grew. I don't think he's. I don't think he's. grown to the part where he can still, like, just put out any kind of damn music to where we just accept that shit. Like, most people accept Lil Wayne after he got to his status. He'd throw something out, and everybody right. still call it hot. I don't think it's right. easy uh, actually put in work to do that part, the way he just throws some shit out. But, right. So, so then you're five. So, yeah. R&B-wise, who are your top five R&B artists? All right. Well, of course, it's Kills, but I'm, I ain't gonna put him in there, because that's a GOAT. Um... The dream is literally the best fucking thing that happened since R. Kelly, dog. It's like writing-wise, production-wise. If if it wasn't for, I would say he's the greatest. He was a GOAT. If it wasn't for Prince, if it wasn't for R. Kelly, because obviously those niggas made him. You know what I mean, it's like if it wasn't for R. Kelly, the dream would be best ever for me. I think he will be the goat. Uh, um, I fought with uh, party next door, but I can't put him there before. I But DVSN, I don't, I don't know if you know them. I don't know it, them. Yeah, that, that, that's actually a, a a group. It's a singer and a producer. Okay. So it's called Division. But damn, um, uh, man, damn, it, it's it's a lot. Let me see what I got though. Okay, Dream. DBSN um Gerald, LeVert, although he's gone now um cuz I'm 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 not really impressed with nobody man right so, right so I do it, that cuz it's it's not like not, now was the time dog that somebody from the R&B field supposed to jump up and be like our killer been gone for a fucking year and these niggas ain't did shit so I don't, right. I don't know, I don't know anybody because it's easy to forget that nigga's still sing. I'm right. not a fan of uh, I, Trey, Trey in there, but yeah, Chris Brown he's in there, but I wouldn't put it in my top five. It's just I don't know who the other two people. The, right. People are. Right. But yeah. So, but far as the women, I I give it up to the NDR. Reed mean, not NDR. My uh, Ari Lennox, Summer Walker. And those women for putting up for the past year or so because the niggas ain't did that. It. It's like R. Kelly's missing from the music scene. So don't nobody know what way to go. Right. Because right. it's like if he, he, he gotta put out a, a stepper song, then all the art and all the guys they start doing stepper music. He go back doing black Panthers, then they go back to six, then he go do an uh inspirational song, they go do that. They don't have a blueprint to follow because he ain't he ain't laid it out yet. It's like he has to give them the wave and they ride off of it. Like, Joe, right. I, I know Joe made an argument. He's been making an argument for a long Like, R. Kelly killed his Chris. Like, now's your time to shine. If you're actually betting R. Kelly, why are you only get to play, be played on Steve Harvey show? <laughs> this is my <laughs> life. <laughs> I want to say, i let me, let me say this too. That verses they're getting ready to do is the worst verses I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Snoop Dogg versus DMX. I cannot deal with it. I won't I deal think, with I it. I didn't think that was real, man. <laughs> it's real. It's real. And DMX can't even. DMX had a stroke, man. Like, he ain't in get help really right now. He ain't in the best of hell. Um, Is he Snoop still in Spartanburg? Man, I don't... I ain't gonna lie, man. I seen that dude in Wallace one day, man. So I don't know. I seen him at that gas station in Wallace when he first crossed the bridge and sell that pizza. So I don't know what he got going on with his career um, or why he's on this. And Snoop Dogg, I can't listen to nobody say, funky little nizzle like this. I can't listen to that. So... I'm not finna deal with it. The worst one they did though was Fred Hammond. I tell you, and Kurt uh Franklin, that's when I was done with verse. I didn't watch it. I, I tried to. <laughs> but um I just can do it. Kurt Franklin is a freak. And he's sitting there and jacking his dick all day. He didn't say He don't do nothing but Jack that dick all day. <laughs> so you want to sit there and pick this gospel songs out? I just want to be happy. Jack and your dick. I bet you do want to be happy. That, I don't get it. But he is, they still doing this stuff. <laughs> Gluttony. You sitting there eating up Fred Hamlin. Look at me, Fred Hamlin. Man, I don't bro, I don't, I don't get it. But <laughs> those that, that verses, I, I'm gonna tell you the verses I wanted to see. And I'm gonna tell you, you really break this shit down, Trail. I had to go back and listen to all this shit. Who fuck? I'm not not R. Kelly, because R. Kelly versus the world. Not R. Kelly. Right. I'm fucking with genuine Wine, right. dog. Off a of hit song. Bro. Whenever they started saying Chris, right? When they started saying Chris versus Usher, I'm like, why not Usher versus G? One, like, we can't sleep on G, man. It's like, it's like threw him out there. I'm like, if if Chris and Usher versus the world today, gonna give it to Chris. Mm -hmm. Usher runs him. He does. It's like the popularity thing, but G and uh, I like to see G and Usher though, man. Dog, I got mad when they said they wanted to see Usher versus Justin Timberlake. You better sit down. For couple, real though, Justin Timberlake has had a couple. I, I go off of hits, man. Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake has had a couple hits, but they my all oh, well, what he can use his stuff from. Uh, what was the group from he was from? NSYNC. Man, don't bring that stuff out here. I'm Usher gonna wipe the floor with you. But I'ma say, I went through Gene Alvin's trail. I'm listening to Senior Bachelor. I'm listening to all these. I'm like, yo. These albums are stupid, and nobody talks about him. Oh mm-hmm. like, man, yo! And he was consistent. At the end, he started getting bad. Like some of the stuff he was pushing. Like remember, he had this, the beats that was off a of sound click and they set the tag or something like. He just, <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, but man, but yo, before he got to that point when he was working with Timbaland and shit like that, man, nobody was from the, the minute he walked out there. I'm just a bachelor and fit the hell, <laughs> looking for a partner. Man, look. Then you gotta my, think about. My, it. my thing was, um, uh, because you might say this. What made me listen? Because I didn't. Still to this day, I don't like. I don't like the singles on the radio. I do not like radios on the song. So, I was aggravated. with pony? Right. I, I I love it now though. Yeah. But when I put the album on, I heard well, my cousin uh, the Corinne Street I had. When I heard, "Tell me, do you wanna go on with me?" That was it. I'm like. This nigga right. You ready? Right. I liked it. And I was young then it was like I fucked with cuz I could I could visualize that whole fucking song, dog. And I was like 10 11 years old maybe. Mhm. I'm telling you I'm gonna tell you this song did it for me. I recorded it every day off the radio on a tape <laughs> and it was stingy. <laughs> for me that first note when it first came on that hey hey I literally, yeah. I, I turn around, but, that, but I'm trying to think of that one note that nigga would hit, but um, you got to really break this shit down. He's saying, I don't want you to hang around your family. I don't want you to hang around your friends. Sorry, I'm just stingy, but you know, mm-hmm. yo, I'm just listening. I'm like, yo, this shit is ridiculous. You know, um, what was the differences? Like, mm-hmm. yo, this, I mean, and let's not forget the other shit. I ain't doing this shit for nothing. The, yo, <laughs> man! Nigga said, "I'm gonna tell you the bill he hated the most—that light bill." Nigga talking about, oh <laughs> what you think this is? You're not working, man. Look, that motherfucker hated that light bill. He hate, man. <laughs> he hated it. He'd pay all the money when they got that light bill. No, <laughs> you're not working. He ain't finna hear it But that shit was unbelievable, and nobody talked about him. And I just want superhuman, man. Oh my god, yo. This nigga said I had to be made out of stone, made out of steel to not mm-hmm. feel yo, that was like really the end of like really I mean Kells had some shit too. But I mean, like if you go back and you listen to like the love, like he really was in love with, with that woman. He mm-hmm. was in love with her. I'm like, yo, this nigga, he he this shit is ridiculous, but I think you know, out of out of mind, out of sight. I mean, out of what what is it? The out of sight, out of mind. Um mm-hmm. People don't think about him. And I think Joe too is very underrated too. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is. And Avant. And oh, and, and, yeah. And Avant. Avant too. Yep. Avant too. Um, I think I think Avant, Avant had a lot of hits too. Um, I was listening to him the other day too, and I was like, yo, this nigga, yo, you know, you could do a versus with him too. Um, but these new guys, like Chris Brown, I like Chris Brown somewhat on just feature stuff, but his albums it start off like. It first off his album's like 28 songs and I can't at this point I can't do it so right. it, it'll start off like I'm gonna fuck you in the room and I'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> and the TV's on <laughs> every song he say he fucking somebody in the room in the TV's on and they toes curl every song <laughs> so he starts off that then the next song it goes to a, a pop song I just wanna dance on the moon like Michael <laughs> what are we doing you just want to fuck somebody to their toes, girl. Now you finna dance on the moon. Then he still listen watching TV till it go fuzzy. Like you ain't even got cable. You ain't got Ruku. You don't got Fire Stick. Nothing. Till the TV gets fuzzy. I'm like, man, this stuff sounds bad. But people love it, and they too long. He go through too many emotional changes. I don't like him personally. You mm-hmm. know, I just don't like. I want to fight him. Like I don't like him personally. So, and it, you know, I think Drake after Jay. Drake is like GOAT for me. I the, the, yeah, Drake, shit they do. Yeah. yeah. So, um, when he had a, I know they're cool now, but that's when I really like you, you fucking with Drizzy. Like at that point, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of over this. I'm over Swiss beats for calling, for calling Drake a pussy. Like I'm, I'm uh, you, you cross Jay and you call you cross Drake. them are my two. Like Wayne, I'm, I'm really kind of over Wayne because the, the stuff he said about social injustice. I don't really mm. feel with him no more like that, honestly. Right. But, um, the rest of them, Jay and Drake, they still there. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm getting ready to end this, man. But before I end all my episodes, I do something called Rapid Fire, which I just ask dumb questions for no reason, and you just tell me your answer as fast as you possibly can. Okay. All uh, right. All right. Um, favorite fast food place. Wendy's. Um, if you had to spend one year in a mountain alone or one year on an ocean alone or in the ocean alone, like at sea, which would you pick? Well, the first one. In a mountain? Mountain. On. Oh, okay. All right. Um, if you had to uh, eat one cereal for a year, what would it be? Captain Crunch. All right. If you had to tongue kiss Donnie Lane Who the fuck is that? That's a that's a dude, ain't it? Yeah, for (laughs) sure. That homeless man. (laughs) Would you would you tug kiss Donnie Lane for a million dollars? No. All right. Uh, and the last question is this, man. Are you in a room (laughs) with three women? One of them have AIDS, one of them is Erica Dixon. And one of them is uh, Maya, because I seen you uh, say something about Maya, other think. No, it was Carrie Hilton. Okay, so you got Carrie Hilton. You got Erica Dixon. You got this one person who has AIDS, okay? You go in the room, the lights are off. You can sleep with one of them. No condom, nothing. You got to sleep with them, bust inside of them. Are you going to take the chance? Or are you just going to say, no, nah, I ain't doing it? All of them got AIDS? No. Only one of them got AIDS, but you, the, all the lights off. You don't know... If you fucking with Erica Dixon, you know if you fucking with Carrie Hilson or the AIDS person. Yeah, I'm going up in that dog. I, I take black people, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going up in that dog. Okay. And then and then AIDS is so complex that they don't mean you're gonna get it because you was in that bitch. So <laughs> Okay, so and the last question is this: For uh your kids to have generational wealth for the rest of their life. I'm talking about like 500 billion, they good. Everybody good. You touching in this too, but even after you dead, the money's still there. Would you be in a public relationship with a man? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> you, no. How am I doing? Look for just one year. For just one year, you you have to be in a relationship one year. Would you <laughs> Would you <laughs> do, you for do it <laughs> for me, like Okay. <laughs> All right, man. So that, that that's gonna do it, man. Trail, I appreciate you. This is the longest episode I actually ever did, man. So I really appreciate the conversation. Uh I love you, bro. Keep pushing, keep doing your thing, man. Um, as always, man, I'm gonna call away, man. Uh for sure. Uh if the if the walls could talk by trail Balance is on amazon.com right now. Uh and I have um my new single, Crazy Sexy Cool, out on iTunes. Uh, out there. All right, too, man. Stay up, man. Bless you and the family, dog. Hey, yo. Yeah, same to you, bro. Peace All out. All right. It's radio. Man, as always, this was an awesome episode. I really appreciate uh, Trail stopping by and giving some insight. On a lot of different things that I think people, um, the people haven't been knowledgeable of. So I appreciate you, brother. Um, Also, uh, this episode of the Go Talk podcast is brought to you by Culture Clothing Company. Um, You guys can visit um, Culture Clothing Company on Instagram. Well, I'm sorry. On Instagram is uh, Culture Clothing Gang. And on Facebook, it is Culture Clothing Company. Also, uh, feel free to join the new Black Wall Street page located on Facebook, where I give daily tips on the stock market and how to build financial wealth. Until next time, it's the Go Talk Podcast.